Wow, welcome everyone. Thanks so much uh, for being with us today. Welcome to Branches. We're so glad that you're here. My name's Justin. I'm the pastor here, and I just want to especially uh, say, wow, we're so glad that you're here. And if you're here for the very first time, we especially want to say welcome. Thanks for checking us out and taking a step in, and wow, we want to meet you, hear your story and uh, say thanks. In fact, we have a gift basket. So if you are brand new, um, we have a gift basket that is on your way out. It's a bag, actually, and it has a free espresso card in it for an espresso drink and some information about branches, and we'd love for you to take that on your way out. Uh, also, there is a welcome brunch happening in two weeks. It's right after the service, and it happens right downstairs in this very building, a welcome brunch. And they, they just go all out. The veterans, they cook this incredible brunch uh, once a month, and we get to participate with them. Just We get to hang out uh, with them and help support their cause. Uh, and so there's like bacon, eggs, pancakes, all this kind of stuff. And you can buy it all a cart kind of style. So you pick what you want. It all goes to the veterans and their work. Um, but also uh, for, for you, if you're brand new and you've never been to the welcome brunch before, we cover your breakfast. All right, it's just kind of a free thing. You get to come have free breakfast on us. Uh, so consider that in a couple weeks. Um, we'd, again, we'd love to, love to get to know you more, hear your story and share about branches if you have any questions about branches. Uh, man, we've been, this is about almost eight months or so that we started. We started in, in October and we've been kind of cruising through the, the fall and into the, into the new year. We got to do a sermon series, the five values of Jesus, the high five we called it, the five values of Jesus that Jesus kind of modeled and lived out that we want to follow. And we want to follow that example as a community. And one of those values was big faith. The faith of Jesus. Jesus had this faith that was like big, right? And he encouraged faith in others. He would encourage people to have faith. And he would say, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you know, it's so tiny, a tiny little kernel, that God can do huge things. That God is so big, bigger than we could imagine. And so we want to be a community like that, that prays big prayers, that trusts in a big God. And so we did a whole Sunday about that, and we actually ended with a time of writing our prayers on these cards and putting them in the back on the tables in these, in these sort of bowls and saying, God, we're going to trust you with these prayers. And, and so one of these prayers came in uh, praying for Jeff Woodkey's release from captivity. And now m many of you might not know about Jeff Woodkey. I grew up here in Humboldt, but I didn't get to connect as much with his ministry when I was here because I was in Southern California the last 25 years, uh, but I knew that when we started this church and we started to get going as a community, that we needed to be a part of the Jeff Woodkey story. I was just like, we got to be a part of this uh, story, and so we got to meet with Else, Heidi, and I, and have coffee, hear her heart, hear her story, and so we had planned the next week that we would have Else with us, and we would pray for Jeff in his captivity, we would pray for their ministry, we'd pray for their family. And so we did. So yeah, the, the next Sunday we, we promoted Else Woodkey with us, and she had just made this really neat video uh, with other folks who have loved ones that are captured overseas. And so Else came, she shared her story with us. We had cool slideshows of Jeff on the field, and uh, just longtime friend Steve Taylor came and prayed uh, for Else, prayed for, for Jeff's release. Uh, Steve is one of those folks that 
years and years ago, signed up for a 24-7 prayer mission to pray for Jeff's release with a bunch of other people taking a half-hour slot or an hour slot once a week or once a day. I can't remember what it was. For so many years, hundreds of people praying for Jeff's release. And so it was so neat to be a part of that kind of step into that as a brand new church, as a new community, and say, we want to believe God for big things. We know God can do big things. And well, so some of you know the story, some of you might not, but the very next morning, Jeff Woodkey was released after over six years of, yeah, of captivity. Um, I, I remember, I could not believe, I just as clear as day, the next morning, Monday morning, right, I wake up after Sundays pretty tired, like hit by a truck, kind of, all the, all the, all the activity of a Sunday, and so I, I, you know, I'm sleeping in a little bit on, on Mondays, a little groggy, uh, but Heidi's like, Heidi's the early bird in the family, she wakes up early, she's doing stuff around the house early, and uh, sure enough, she's like, Justin, Justin, I'm like, what, 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 and she's like, you're never going to believe it. <laughs> Jeff Woodkey was released, you know. I'm like, no way, that just, no, I'm right, when so many of us were just blown away at this news. And, and we were just newbies to the story. We had just kind of just got a front row seat by the grace of God uh, to get to be a part of it. And so we've been just um, celebrating that. The next Sunday, we did a huge celebration. We like shouted, you know, at the top of our lungs, uh, gratitude to God for the way that he rescues and the way that he answers prayer. And today, it's been a neat, long time coming, but we're excited to have Jeff with us this morning to share a bit of his heart, and we want to pray for him, encourage them in his mission and his work. So, Jeff Woodkey, would you come on up here and share with us? Thank you so much. Yeah. Situated here. Can you all hear me all right? Yeah. All righty then. First thing I want to say is thank you. Um, that's really why I came today. Um, to express my thanks and our thanks, else and my family, for your love, for your prayers, uh, for your help, for your support and just for your being. You're wonderful people, and um, I'm very blessed to be here. Uh, without you, I wouldn't be here, and I hope you realize that. I really hope you do, because it's the truth. Prayer does work, um, right? <laughs> so praise God. Thank you, Lord. Um, just to give you a little bit of background about who I am, um, some people, a lot of people here know who I am, and those of you who do know who I am, you know that I'm just Jeff, really, and um, yeah, I got my issues. Um, I was crazy before I was taken, and now, man. <laughs> um, I became a Christian here in Arcata. Arcata First Baptist, a long time ago before they had electricity. And um, the day that I became a Christian, I walked out to my 67 Chevy van, 
And uh, I didn't get there before the Lord had his hand on me and called me into missions. So master's, PhD, nope, I'm going overseas. And it was a short walk between the North X, North X and my, my van, and, but a huge change in my life. Um, so yeah, I went out and became Indiana Jones. Went all over doing stuff and um, learning and growing. Uh, there were people that helped me prepare for that, and a couple of them are right back there, Mike and Carol. Baggett. Uh, so I was off doing my thing, and Indiana Jones was single. Life was rough. And then I ended up in Holland, and Indy met um, Laura Croft. <laughs> and we ended up getting married, and We began our work in Niger. And the thing that compelled me and that compelled the things that compelled the two of us to go and take this huge step um, with a pre-made family, with two children, and very soon a third on the way, uh, these things were faith, hope, and love. God compelled me, just like he compelled me when I came out of the narthex, walking to my old hippie van, um, boom, love. I realized that I couldn't do what I needed to do without faith. Enter else. You saw here. You saw her faith. She's traveled all over the world. She's spoke with two secretaries of states. And she would have spoke with anyone, I think, to get me out. I didn't know any of this. But that's the faith and the drive that I saw in her. And that enabled us to begin the work in Niger. And a lot of you have actually been there and seen what we're doing. We were doing. Um, and that kind of rolled and rolled and rolled. And by 2016, I was kind of at the top of my game. I was uh, looking to get out of it. We were tired. I was going back and forth all the time on airplanes, living on an airplane. My life was a compartmentalized, I don't even know what you'd call it. Uh, and I was ready for something new. And uh, we were looking at what was going to happen. And uh, something that we didn't foresee happened. And during all those years, what kept me going? I don't really know. Except for one thing, prayers, and not even my own. Your prayers, the prayers of others, the, prayer, the prayers of people that I have never met before, that have been praying for me for six and a half years. Every time you pray, you know what that is? That's like... A sign, an encapsulation of your love, of God's love in you and being expressed. That's what prayer really is. Because if you take the, the time, even just to have a thought for someone else, that's love. So how much love was expressed 
by the thousands of people that prayed for me. It's incredible to think about. And that's the power that exists in you right here and now. Okay? It's a good thing. On the 14th of October in 2016, at about 8, 8 p.m., I came home. I sat down to speak with the two security people that were guarding me, soldiers, and my normal night guard as a civilian. It was hot. He had his shirt off. They were drinking tea. I sat down, and I'll make a long story short. The muzzle came into the, my peripheral vision. Muzzle flash. And a lot of shots. I went down on my face. I don't know why. It was just instinct. I heard people crying and screaming. I heard people dying. And I got up and I ran. I got beat down. Um, so I limp. And I was taken into captivity. And I was a hostage with Al-Qaeda and Al-Qaeda-linked groups for six Years, five months, five days, and 12 hours. In the first six months, no, more than that, first 10 months or so, um, I healed. I didn't heal, but I got past the pain to where I could walk. I, I tried to, to stay active, but they stopped letting me be active. They wanted to break me. So they began doing some very cruel things to me. Um, I'm not going to go into the details, but it was not easy. Trying to break me, and they succeeded. Um, to the point where I began to disassociate, which is a term I learned this last week. Um, stepping back not believing that what was going on around me was actually really happening. Thinking, you ever seen the show Lost? That's what I was thinking. Truly, truly, for days and days and days. That this wasn't real. I was in purgatory. I was in hell. Because life couldn't be like this. But it was. And things would snap me out. And uh, Finally, they lightened up a bit, and I was able to get some exercise. And I would pray and pray and pray and pray because I didn't have much else to do, right? Um, I was allowed to be out of my chains during daylight hours, and they would, I would just walk if I could and pray for eight hours a day. I had faith, right? I had hope. And as I prayed... I began to realize that, you know, you can't, how are you going to get through this and come out the other side and be a normal person um, if you don't forgive? And you just can't wait till it's over because it might not be over. You don't know what day they're going to come in and take the video. Right? You don't know. Any truck that pulls in, I'm thinking, that's it. <laughs> I'm dead. So you have to forgive now and let go. And I started trying to practice that. And they would bring me hope over those years. 
You're going to go home in a month. You're going to go home in a week. A bunch of lies. A bunch of lies. They didn't go home. So little by little, hope was removed from me. They'd taken my identity. They called me an animal. I wasn't a person. I was a thing. And they did their very best to make me realize that and live like that. They took my hope away through giving me false hope and then pulling the rug out. I lost hope. Years went by. Eight hours of prayer went, became six hours of prayer, became, became four hours of prayer between the yada, 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 down to if I could manage to get 20 minutes of prayer in, all right, well, that was a good day. I couldn't walk anymore. I got too weak. I needed a cane. And I began to wonder, you know, what, what in the world is going on here? Where is my God? Six years? Five and a half years? No news? Is my family alive? Are they doing, what about this COVID stuff? I didn't have a radio until the last, the last time. Are they even alive? Do you know what? In each and every one of us is the thought of our, our end, our last day. It's always there. It's always there, but we just don't go there in daily life. We don't think about that. That's for far away. But it's there. We have other options that we can deal with in our life and other options to keep us going. But at that point, they took away my hope, and I started to wonder if God was really there because my prayers weren't getting answered. And why should I keep praying to God anyway if he's not going to answer seems like a waste of my time, a waste of his time. He's heard. I say, God, you've heard. Prayed a lot of times. <laughs> if you haven't heard by now, give me a break. So my faith, my, my identity, who I was, my hope, gone. Now my faith stripped away. Barely hanging on. I prayed to God that he'd kill me. I prayed. I asked the people that held me to shoot me in the stinking head because I was tired and there's no other way out. You'd have to believe it. There's no other way for me out. I'm never going to go home. I don't like sitting under a tree in chains. I don't want this anymore. But you were praying. I didn't get what I wanted because you were praying. And what is prayer? That little capsule of love that you guys were putting out, even if you just thought, a good thought. It helped. It made me get through it. God is good. God is love. And God holds on to us when we can't hold on to him all right? I came so close to getting what I wanted about 10 days before I was released. I had no clue I was going to get out of there. And they were taking shots at me. And I told them to go ahead in no uncertain terms. 
they didn't. The guy pulled the rifle barrel away, and I, I was sitting there wondering, why? Why? About ten days later, I received news that I was going home. I didn't believe it, just like I hadn't believed it before. But this time, it was true. It took me a long time to get driven across that desert, and I was in bad shape. I was on a hunger strike, another one of the hunger strikes I did. Hard to believe it, but <laughs> I did it. Um, and then I met up with Olivier, the French guy who was released with me, and it was at that point in time that I began to believe that, yeah, I'm going to go out. What drove me out to this place out in the middle of nowhere, it looked like a parking lot with little black rocks from desert varnish as far as you could see. In comes a C-130. There's no landing strip out there. It's just desert. Boom. Wow. That's service. <laughs> Where were you guys six and a half years ago? <laughs> anyway, so I wanted to dance, but I couldn't. So I kind of did a little hobble. Victory hobble, and uh, away we went. I had been resurrected from the dead. Do you not believe in the resurrection of the dead? Do you not believe? You better start. Because I'm telling you, I know where I was. And I know where I am now. And God brought me here through your prayers. Are you not a believer? Are you here looking? You know what? Believe. It's as simple as that. Pray. Even if it's just a little bit, just a little tiny thing, pray. <laughs> and you'll be doing someone a huge favor and yourself as well. Because by the time that I had been recovered, is what they call it, faith was gone. Hope was gone. But you know what was left inside of me? How I could still pray, even for 20 minutes a day, for my family? Because love was still there. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Faith, hope, and love. And of these three, Love abideth. And it does. So now I got off that C-130, went through a whole bunch of stuff, came home, and I wonder, how did Lazarus do it? Lazarus got resurrected. Remember? He was dead. How did he do it? You should have wrote a book. How did he, that'll be my next message someday. <laughs> but how did he do it? How do you come back from that? And that's the journey that Elsa and I, my family, are on now. Who am I? How do I become a human being again? Because I'm not fully there yet. I'm still back there in a lot of ways. So who am I? I get a chance to remake 
myself, to redefine who I am. And do you know, do you know what? One of the things that I want to be is a loving person. Because love is what matters at the end of the day. Do you love each other? Do you love your family? Do you love your spouse? Have you let them know that recently? How about your friends? How about your neighbors? This is where we need to start. This is where I need to start and where I need to go. I don't know how that's going to fall out. I don't know. I have to let go of hate? I don't think I have it, but you know what? God, I do. I have to forgive every day. How do you forgive these beasts that hurt my family and that still have other people there? You do it one day at a time, one prayer at a time. You let them go. Because I don't want to drag those people around with me. I wore chains for years. And I don't need to be holding any chains keeping me to other people. Let them go. Let God deal with them. Forgive them. We have no time for hate. As Christians, we should not be haters. We disguise it as politics, maybe. Okay? I've seen, when I, now I've come back and I've seen how divided things are and how people are. No, no, no. That's not the way to go. So that at least I know. And Elsa and I move forward on our journey. We want to be able to be an encouragement to people. Say thank you for all these wonderful things you've done for us. And to bless other people who are in our situation. You know, there's, there are 59 other Americans illegally detained overseas right now. There aren't hostages per se, but they're being Effectively, they're hostages held by governments. And I, I was in Washington May and at this dinner, and there's, there's these families that just have no hope. Their loved ones are, are hostages. And my heart just broke. In Proverbs 3, sorry, Justin, it's not a psalm, but it's close. Um, 27, 28. Basically, it says, hey, why don't I just read it? Then it's not basically. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. And you have it in the power to help or to, to do. If, if, you, if you can do something to help somebody, you're not supposed to hold it back. You're supposed to do it. Don't tell your neighbor, just come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you then. Uh-uh. Do it now. Otherwise, it's a sin. God's love compels me. I'm going to Romania tomorrow. We're working to get out uh, one of the other hostages, a Romanian guy. His poor family has no one. Julian. 
They had no one until I came out. They didn't have news, nothing. And I hadn't seen, I, I was held in isolation, but I did see him early on. So at least they had that. And we've committed to do whatever we can to bring him home. And then there are others. So we're going to bring them out. What you did for Elsa and I, we're going to do for others. Thank you for your example. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for who you are. And I ask you, you're on a journey. Is your journey prefaced and paved with love? Are the things that you want to do rooted in love? Think about it. And see how you can make that happen. Make love be your, your road. Thank you very much, and I leave it to Justin. Yeah, we want to pray for Jeff. So yeah, I was thinking, um, Steve Taylor, you want to come on up, Steve? Uh, and maybe else, yeah, Galessa, else. No, 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 I'm looking for my thing. Else can come too. Yeah, Elsa and Steve, and does Lena, Lori want to come on? My chair. Um, <clears throat> thought we could just pray real quick, and then band, would you mind coming up as well, band? And we'll we're gonna respond together in a time of prayer, time of singing together. Yeah, you wanna you wanna stay right down there? Perfect. Um, Steve, here's a microphone. But I would love for us to to agree in prayer with with Steve here in these moments as we as we lift up Jeff and Else and what God is leading them in, um, that we would pray for this, this healing, this restoration, um, and, and trust in a big God together. This opportunity that we have, we're, this gathering, this is that semblance of, of your body. The church is, is that gathering of believers that have been uh, saved by you, that have been uh, plucked out of, dragged out of, ripped out of the darkness uh, of our enemy, our adversary. And, and brought into a place to where we are now the family of God and we are, in fact, the very, the very presence of Christ through his Holy Spirit uh, in our lives and in this very dark world. God, I'm uh, working through a image of the, the smoldering fire that, uh, that Satan is really uh, promoting and, and uh, blowing into, uh, into flame, but that smoldering smoke that, that is meant to uh, darken the, the planet. And, and I'm just reminded of, of how, Christ, you are the light and how 
darkness is is really never meant to to uh, to see you. It's left confused, and and yet we are by your presence the light to the world. And I want to just remind us and Jeff and else of uh, what they brought to the the region in Niger uh, and what they they leave as a as a legacy and as a sacrifice of their lives and what's going on right now as we speak among the the tribes and the families as you, Lord Jesus, and the good news of salvation through you and you alone is, is growing and developing and, and permeating the area. Uh, Jeff is, is wondering what, what's next for him and, and wondering how that's going to look for he and else and, and, uh, and now all of a sudden Romania and, and a person that, that is is still being held and a commitment just as that commitment so many years ago to the lost tribes and languages in Niger there's a commitment to those who are held in bondage and I, I just can't stop remembering me which really is us before we were brought into your kingdom held in bondage, slaves to darkness, and now we're free. And now we gather in this darkness and represent you, Christ, in our lives. And so, Lord, thank you that we can take part in Jeff and Else in their next journey. Thank you that you allowed us to share, however minimal it was, to share in their journey up to this part to this point, God, we pray for them specifically, uh, for that recovery uh, spiritually, physically, to maintain for a full recovery and for this ministry to be completely successful in its outreach to those that are still held. We pray for Jeff and else, their whole family, God, to be continually blessed by you in the ways that you see fit, Lord. I can't even imagine what that is or speak for you, but I, I can pray for your blessing in their lives. Thank you again, God, that this, uh, this church gathering, that we are your body here on this dark planet, and you've chosen us to participate, be a part, and we're so excited, so humbled by that reality. God, all to your glory, we pray, and we pray to you through the name of Jesus and through your spirit. Thank you, God. Amen. 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 Let's thank Jeff and Else once more for being with us. Thank you, Steve. I'm going to invite you to take a seat for a moment and give some time for us to, to respond together. We wanted to give a little extra time this morning. Uh, to be together in, in prayer. I think we are so challenged by Jeff's story around prayer and the power of prayer. And we've been talking about that all these months in different ways, but here's another moment, another morning to focus on, on prayer. So, so as the band sings, we've got a few songs and, 
In fact, we invite you to even maybe stay seated if you'd like on this first song because we've got a few moments here to, to ponder, maybe to process what you've heard today. Maybe there's a, uh, you've got a journal with some notes. You want to write down some things right where you're at. Maybe you just want to catalog some things in your mind right now and give those to God. Maybe you know exactly what God is highlighting in your own life uh, that you want to give to God in prayer. Wondering where that faith, hope, and love, wondering how that is for you in these moments. And all of us, we face challenging things. We may not be ever captive in a foreign country and, and have this kind of ordeal in our lives, but we have challenges, we have difficult situations, we have places in life that challenge our faith and cha challenge our hope and challenge our love. And so this morning, why don't we give those to God? Why don't we trust God again to take this example of Jeff's and say, God, would you grow my faith? my hope, my love. Where is that for you this morning? Let's bring that to God. You know, next week we're going to look at Psalm 40, but I want to read just those first three verses because as I was thinking about this morning, those verses in Psalm 40 resonated with me. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. The other verse says, he's given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he's done and be amazed and they'll put their trust in the Lord. Well, what an amazing picture, what we're experiencing right here through Jeff's story. We're getting a chance to see God rescue. God set someone on their feet and that many are gonna see and are gonna to get to put their trust in God through this story and through the ways that we tell this story. We're gonna see next week, Psalm 40 is woven, all through it is woven in this truth that we have a story to tell about the ways that God rescues us and what he's done for us. So let's take some time as we sing. Um, we also have people to pray with you. So uh, we're gonna have folks in the back, along the side, and if you want prayer, I just invite you. This would be a great time. You might want to just slip out of your seat and, and, and you don't, they don't need to know the whole story of what's going on, but you're just like, hey, I just need someone to pray for me. I just would want that encouragement in my life. I'm facing a difficult situation and I just would like some prayer. We want to offer that for you as well. So we'll have our prayer folks standing around and we invite you to at any point in these next several minutes of singing together um, to seek that out as we kind of make a place of prayer, a place of faith here in this room. Let's take some time and do that together. 